I've often said that crypto is community because anytime you meet another person who's also into crypto, there's often an immediate connection and energy around something that, well, is still fairly underground. So it was great to finally connect with this episode's guest, Jose Pichardo Eve, and learn all about his crypto journey and what he's excited about in the space moving forward. On this episode, Jose shares with us his thoughts on the ISO 2022 and how it will impact cryptocurrency as the world starts to draw lines in the sand and create policy frameworks to regulate what has been a largely unregulated sector. We also discuss his pick for low cap gems during this crypto winter as it's almost moonbag season where a $50 buy of XYZ cryptocurrency could eventually be worth 100 times that amount in the future bull market. Low cap simply refers to a lower market cap cryptocurrency that may not be on everyone's radar. And we call it a gem because maybe it's a diamond in the rough. While it's said throughout the episode, all of our opinions should not be taken as financial advice. They're just insights into both of our investment strategies. I'm Jarrett Carpenter, and this is More Than Blockchain. Jose, welcome to More Than Blockchain. How, how are things? Things are great. Very blessed. Happy to be here. We don't know each other, but we do know each other. <laughs> so do you want to give the backstory on how we know each other? Because it's kind of crazy. I feel like I've known you for years because of Instagram and following the same people. But yeah. we've actually, <laughs> this is the first time we've talked. Even though I feel like we've been DMing for a while on Instagram about different crypto stuff. So do you want to give give the listeners the background? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, our our mutual friend, Luz Maya, of course, like, I, I don't even know how it came up one day. But, of course, we were hanging out and she knows, she, you know what it was? She's probably seen my posts. I'd be posting on IG and putting things in my story about crypto and just like Fed stuff and what the market looks like and just like how economies in other countries have gone down. So I think, you know, of course, just from her seeing me post, and of course she knows that you post, um, one day when she was over, she said, hey, like, you should definitely connect with my friend Javi. He's got this podcast. He loves crypto as well. Um, and from there, I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, so share, like, what his page is and, like, you know, his IG and all that. And from there, that was when, of course, I just followed you on Instagram. I'm like, all right, yeah, followed you. And then I saw that you had more than blockchain, followed that, and, Saw that you had Twitter afterwards and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, definitely for me, you know, this is a space that, like, of course, not a lot of people entertain. So when you do find people that do entertain it, you want to build that strong community because, you know, it's very exciting for me. But my core group of friends, when I'm trying to be very excitable with them about it, I'm not getting the same energy. Right. So at the end of the day, it's great to, you know, connect with someone like you who has that same interest and. You know, this is just the beginning of it. So happy to be here, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And big shout out to Luz Maya. She was the one who who definitely made this connection. And it's kind of full circle, though, because I know right now you're in the Bay or no, no, you're in San Diego. Is that right? Yes. OK, so now you're in Southern Cali, but you were in Northern Cali, but you're originally from Lowell. So it feels like it's full circle for me, at least. Because I remember when Luz Maya was like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy, Jose. And then you started following me and it was like, Poppy Chardo, I'm like, oh my God, who, whose man's is this? Who is this guy? <laughs> and then to find out, yeah, that you're into crypto is super awesome because as you've just said, and I was thinking about it too, I was like, okay, uh, I got Jose coming on. I don't really know him, but I was like, wait, don't stress. This is so normal. This is my life now. And 
I feel the same way. You know, if I think about my IRL friends, 95, 96% of them, I can't have these conversations with. So then we use the internet to find people like I found Jose. Like, I think you and I probably would have met by osmosis anyways, just because being friends with Luz or whatever. But definitely she's like, oh, wait, you're posting about this. He's posting about this. Let's just link them together. So now we're here. And yeah, thank you for coming on, taking the time. And we had been texting a little bit and you had actually dropped some serious alpha and you had said, hey, look at this ISO or I'm not sure if we're calling it ISO or if it's ISO, but the ISO 222, I'm not even sure if I'm reading that right, but it looks to me to be kind of a, a, a global standard of the way institutions and countries and treasuries are going to engage with basically blockchain. Is that, is that accurate? And if you want to speak more on that, because I think that that's something that is going to, you know, and then we could talk about the assets that are tied to this new regulatory framework, if you want. So I'll just backpedal a little bit. I saw that you posted about Algorand, Algo. Um, I'm, I'm an Algorand holder. I love Algorand. So that is when I then replied to your IG post and said, ISO token, fire emoji. And then you said, ISO, question mark. And I said, hey, man, ISO 20022. <laughs> and then you um, dropped the alpha. There we go. This is full circle. Yeah, you know, send you a link there. And just to give more context to folks. So ISO 20022, and I'm just going to read off kind of like the definition, right? So protocol, that is a standard for electronic data interchange between financial services and the payment industry. It is based on DLT, Distributed Ledger Technology, and uses ISO 20022 as a messaging mechanism. So for those of you out there, the SWIFT system is what basically all of the countries are connected by when it comes to the payment system. And I mean, what they're saying, right, of course, we don't know yet, but what they're saying is that ISO is going to be the new SWIFT system and that basically... The money is going to run on the blockchain. Um, of course, there's so much more to this. I'm just, you know, now learning, just now dipping my toes in. So I won't say too much on a recorded line, um, but I'm trying to learn my best every day to learn more about it, just like you guys out there. I mean, all I can say is that this is something that is worth paying a lot of attention to and just try to learn as much as you can about it. ISO 20022. It seems to look like it might be the new payment system of the world. Anything that would be, you know, tied to SWIFT or on that, we're talking trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars annually, if not maybe even quarterly, would be transacted on this. I think we could, and once again, this is a totally, you know, the Dior of crypto or blockchain is not is not a high <laughs> a high fashion brand, right? The Dior is do your own research. So please, people, go out and read. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, I actually shared an article recently and I actually tagged Jose in it. There's a bunch of stuff. Like you said, ISO 20022. Because when you sent that over, ISO token, I was like, is this basketball? Like, are we playing ISO ball? Like, I didn't know what it was. And I'm glad that you shared. And this is one of the reasons why I love this space so much. I was trying to think earlier about how I like explain to people why I love this space so much. And it really is because every single day, I'm humbled by new information. There's not like, you know, you don't ever feel like you know everything. And so you're constantly in a constant learner. I think when when humans, like when we find ourselves in a place where we can learn endlessly, it's a super beautiful thing, right? You start to find some type of like flow state, if you will. And this is why like 
being around little kids and watching their imagination is crazy because every single day they're learning like a hundred new things, which you're like, oh, a hundred new things, but a hundred new things every day compounded. And that's how I feel like with crypto. So I want to go back even further. When did you get into crypto? What was the thing that kind of like pushed you over to, to, to learn more about it? What was that one little like the straw that broke the camel's back? For me was back in 2020. Um, I think, yeah, like once we got kind of cooped up in the houses and, and, you know, a lot of things got shut down, I had one of my buddies who I grew up playing baseball with, shout out to my boy, Anthony Congulis. He reached out to me and basically had introduced to me like a, a trading academy. And so before I ever got into crypto, I got into Forex trading. And so my buddy got me into Forex trading and, you know, it was an experience, man, like Forex trading, binary options. Just, you know, trading the yen, the dollar, the pound, um, just, you know, crazy world, right? The foreign exchange market for those of you out there that, you know, I've been part of those groups. And so, yeah, it was just a crazy experience being part of something like that trading. And just from being in the organization itself, because it is kind of like, you know, that network, uh, network marketing part to it. And with all of that, of course, my buddy met some other folks who... They call themselves the crypto nerds. Shout out to the crypto nerds as well. Um, I've jumped on a lot of calls uh, for, uh, with the crypto nerds and everything that they've had to offer to, to me in the community. So shout out to the crypto nerds as well. So my buddy Anthony introduced me to the crypto nerds and sent me the link to their call. They have calls every Wednesday, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, my buddy sent me the link. He's like, hey, jump on this call. They're from California as well. You love them. And I was like, all right. I Honestly, I knew only about Bitcoin at that time. So... I jumped on the call and I don't know what it was, man. Like, you know, when you jump on a call or when you connect with someone and you just feel like good energy from them, pure energy, like it just didn't feel fake. I guess that's what I want to say. It felt real. I felt, felt the real energy and I just, I was engaged. They talked a lot about different types of cryptos and I was really engaged and it just made my first purchase. Um, I remember it was November 30th. If I'm not mistaken, it's either November 20th or November 30th. One of those two dates. I know it ended with a zero. So either the 20th or the 30th. And I bought my first purchase, just $20. I got $20 worth of XRP. Just very small purchase, 20 bucks. That's it. Nothing crazy. Um, and just started to, you know, just started to buy little, little, little by little, just getting my feet wet. And then I don't know what it was. I was just like, all right, I'm going full in. That's all I said to myself. It was like December time, even with the lawsuit coming down on XRP and just the way that the market was shifting with the world, the, the way the world is shifting, I didn't care. I said, I'm going full in on this. And December of 2020 was, was when I decided like I'm going full blown in. And yeah, I just started uh, pouring in some of my savings, man. And the rest is history. Um, I definitely have more crypto funds than I do USD. <laughs> that just reminds me of the classic memes that I see all the time. And these memes are kind of like, they're kind of, I'm not even sure the adjective to use. I'm not a huge proponent of them, but at the same time, they speak a lot of truth for me. And it's like checking account, $200, savings account, $2,000. And then it's like, you know, BTC wallet, three Bitcoin. And it's like fuel understand. And it's a dude who's like, and then the meme is like the dude who says, hey, you know, I can't go out to get food. And then his friends, oh man, you got to live YOLO, YOLO. Like we only live. What if we get hit by a car tomorrow? And you're <laughs> like, nah, I'm just doing something different. Like I'm going to try to do something different. And actually I was trying to, I was trying to find it in my text when you were talking because 
first of all, shout out the crypto nerds. And I need to hop on one of those calls. Lord knows I've just been like, it never lines up. And then the one time I think I tried to connect, they canceled because I sat down, I had everything ready because it's 930 on a Wednesday. And sometimes I'm, I'm recording another podcast or, or I'm into something else. But one of the things that you touched upon was Forex. And actually, somebody recently reached out to me and was like, hey, what are your thoughts on Forex? I'm trying to find that text so I can make sure I shout out the person. I think it was my friend Christine. So I'll shout out Christine because I think it was her because we've been talking a little bit more about uh, you know crypto. And she's definitely, she puts a little money into crypto here or there. So Forex into crypto, that seems like a, I wonder how many other people have that very natural kind of you know, gateway into crypto. And then, so the one of the things, and this is not crypto related, but that's the view of this podcast. It's called More Than Blockchain. Do you still dabble with Forex? Is that still a part of your portfolio? And maybe you could just talk about Forex in general because I've never dabbled with Forex. My thing about Forex is anytime someone's trying to invite me into a Forex situation, it feels like you said, there's not a lot of trust. Feels like they know something I don't know or they're trying to get something out of it. And so if you could just speak on your experience with Forex and then we're going to go right into crypto because I want to talk about XRP all day. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because it was a friend that brought me in and I knew the expectations. And when I say expectations, it's it's a monthly charge, right? But let's look at it in a bigger picture, right? If you have a Costco membership or a membership to something, you either have a yearly or a monthly cost. So the way I looked at it is, okay, this is something that I can learn from gain a community from even if okay i do have the my monthly payment but there's that networking side to it where if you you know get some people to sign up under you it could wave off that fee maybe even you start to make residual from having so many folks sign under you right and so sometimes forex does get a bad look or a bad representation because people kind of like don't like that side to it the networking side and that's okay but Forex is very, it's its own thing, right? So you got to understand there's Forex and then there's that network marketing side to it where sometimes people do get confused. Try to remember that those are two completely separate things. I know plenty of traders who are not part of any organizations or any programs. They strictly trade by themselves. Um, so th just know that Forex is its own, its own thing, its own identity. And I still have a binary options account. I don't have my MT4. Crazy enough, there was just big news yesterday that MT4 was halted by Apple. So a lot of people that are in the trading community are trying to figure things out right now. It's kind of crazy. Um, but MT4, um, if you, like, you deleted the app off your phone, you can't reinstall it right now. But I'm not trading on MT4 right now. I still do have a binary options account that honestly has a lot of dust on it. So if any of you guys out there trade binary options... I'm, I'm down to connect and see if we can get this rolling again. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's crazy how just doing that and, and again, um, networking, right? My buddy introduced me to the crypto nerds and me jumping on their calls. And, and they're very still, you know, trading community. I mean, they have calls all the time as well where it's actually trading, not just crypto talk. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm still close to people who are trading every day, but I'm physically not really trading, more of buying and holding crypto. And just like a couple NFTs that I have. Okay, that's super great. And I want to thank you for breaking down the fact that there's Forex trading and then there's also network marketing or multi-level marketing Forex platforms that you can do Forex trading on that will also help you if you bring on more people onto the platform in your downline. Okay, that makes yeah. perfect sense because I feel like many of the people that have reached out to me and been like, hey, you should check this out. They definitely have more of the I want you in my downline 
mm-hmm. at least this is the feel. Once again, this is my this is my interpretation. You get that more than like I'm trying to just put some, you know, put you on some game here that's just a little bit different for you to understand. And I feel like that is where crypto gets a little bit different because I don't really know. Like one of my buddies who who, who listen to the podcast, so he knows who I'm talking about. He follows a guru, and my buddy he works a lot of hours. He's a lawyer. He doesn't really have a lot of time to maybe dive as deep into crypto. So he basically invests in somebody else who is kind of similar to what I'm doing in the sense that they're like you're creating content. And then they have these, you know, private behind a paywall calls where you can get that alpha. You can ask those questions. So that way he kind of keeps a more of a low information diet than maybe you or I do as we don't do that. And we sit on Twitter and we sit on LinkedIn and we sit on other things when we have the time and we're not, you know, as you said, at our, at our web two jobs, if you will, <laughs> let's go back to XRP was XRP the first cryptocurrency you bought or did you buy Bitcoin? And I say that because I bought Bitcoin and my second one was XRP and I ratcheted up XRP way back and I have like deep OG XRP stories. So uh, was that one of the first ones that you bought and why did you get into it? What was the thing? Um, honestly, it's because of, again, the the energy that I felt on the crypto nerds call and that was the first crypto that they talked about. And for me, you know, honestly, it was it was cheap, right? Also like, you know, of course, Bitcoin, when I looked at it, and even to this day, I'm like, oh, man, like, I wish I could rack and stack those up, right? But because I, you know, it was just a little bit less, I was like, all right, let me just put $20 into XRP. I can get myself a little decent amount, and I feel like I own a, a good amount. But it was my first, and then after was like Ethereum. I did dip into Bitcoin as well and, and plenty of others that I've played around with. But, yeah, it was Bitcoin. I want to say it was Bitcoin, Ethereum. I mean, excuse me, XRP, Ethereum, Bitcoin. That's how you went. XRP, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Yes. Okay. Super cool. XRP back in 2017 into 2018, I had a bag and it went crazy. Like from what I put in to where it went, it was out of, it was insane. And I didn't sell. And I only sold later after the SEC came out and they said, yo, we don't, you know, XRP's on the fritz. Cause I'm like, anything that's in the crosshairs of the SEC, I kind of want to be a little bit, you know, just make sure I'm make sure I'm being conscious about what's happening on the on the macro. So, for XRP right now, how much of the, that uh, you know how much of your bag is made up of XRP? But maybe you can talk about the what's going to happen after the SEC, and maybe as we go into the next crypto bull run, you don't necessarily need to talk about price. But what are the projects potentialities that you think that they're going to you know do? Yeah, I mean, I would say out of everything that I hold, I would say XRP is about. And I'm not the best math student, but I'm going to say about 40 percent. I'd say 40, 40 percent um, of my portfolio. And the reason why I was so bought into XRP and I also do love XLM. For those of you out there, you know, Jeb McCaleb was, is part of both. But I you know, the reason why for XRP was honestly the utility. And well, so first, the utility, I think the utility of going B to B with the banking world and potentially being part of a CBDC, which at the end of the day, those are events that if they do come to play, we can't stop that. I can't stop that. So why not be a part of the movement? Because I know for some people, they're like, well, you know, CBDCs wouldn't really be a cool thing. Or, you know, people just don't want to be watched so much, right? Or, or, Or that control of money or where it's going, right? We like that little bit of privacy. But at the end of the day, it's going to happen. So, you know, I wanted to be, I want to be a part of it. It's going to happen and I want to be a part of it. And talking about some projects, man, there's this thing called Liquidity Hub. Um, and I definitely would recommend everyone to check it out. Um, one of the uh, big, you know, executives at Ripple mentions it. Liquidity Hub is 
it's a way of helping the liquidity funds of the world. And, and, and really, I would say you guys should definitely jump into the liquidity hub. Also, NFTs are going to be dropped on XRP. And of course, it's just so cheap, right? It's like literally 0.1 on transaction fees. So NFTs on XRP are going to be cheap. And just the adoption of the banking world, we might not ever, you know, there might be some folks in the future who might not know it, but we're going to be using blockchain whether we realize when the switch happens or not, it, it, there's just going to be so much with XRP. And and when it come, came to the lawsuit, I honestly looked at it as I think they're being made an example of, but in a way to maybe also scare some folks. Like this crypto has been around since 2012 and they came after them in 2020. So that's about eight years. And so why did it take eight years to come after them? You know, it just there's just things that it doesn't make sense. And I mean, there's more to it. I mean, you got Rosie Reels on the board of directors at Ripple. This woman worked as a treasurer. She her if you look at a hundred dollar bill right now, Rosie Reels' name is on that hundred dollar bill. And she is on the board of directors team at Ripple. And it's just like so many people that work in the government system have been actually now interested into Ripple. It's like, man, how how could this go in the wrong direction? Um, so I think, to, in my opinion, the lawsuit was more of like a, hey, maybe a little FUD out there to, to so folks don't don't uh, rack and stack those bags. But yeah, that's my opinion on all that. And and XRP is definitely, um, it's definitely one of my faves. I, I like a lot more, but it's definitely one of my faves. <laughs> yeah, XRP's use case, I remember when I first read about it, it was basically like, look, you have, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, hey, we have this German and this U.S. bank that need to talk to one another. So what they would do is they'd put it into XRP, send it from one bank to the other, and then exchange it back into their local currency. Is that kind of, I mean, that's a really high level, like the forest, not the trees. But if that's the use case, I'm like, we live in such a globalized society. There's always need to send you know, amounts across the world from different countries who have different currencies in real time to be able to settle up. And then if you could, could you talk about XLM? Because for me, as someone who's into inter international development and has been around communities that really thrive from remittances, do you want to talk about the utility of XLM, which is you know directly tied to XRP? Absolutely. So let me go back now to XRP real quick, because I pulled up a little guide that I created when I connect with like family members and friends. And I have some pictures here that I put on of XRP. And so let me just go over for those of you listening, some of the use cases, because there's a quite a good amount now that I'm looking at. So like I mentioned earlier, B2B payments. So that's for those of you that don't know what B2B is, it's business to business. It's a bridge currency, store value, medium of exchange, sourcing global liquidity, which is what I mentioned earlier with the liquidity hub, smart contracts, micro payments, Instant cross-border settlements and securities FX settlements. So large amount of use case there. Now, just a quick quote from Rosie Reels. XRP's primary purpose is facilitating cross-border payments while other cryptos find their value in speculation. So, of course, that's a big statement. But again, just someone who, again, it was part of, she was the 43rd treasurer of the United States Making a statement like that just drew me in and it draws me into this day. Moving over to XLM, for those of you that don't know, Jeb McCaleb is the founder of XLM, which he was also 
on the founding team of XRP. So, you know, there's that that connection very strongly already with Gemma Caleb. But the thing with XLM is they're going a little bit more of a P2P route where that's peer to peer. So that's like you and I sending money to each other. And they also have a humongous partnership with MoneyGram. So, you know, we're, you know, talking now, sending a MoneyGram to someone in a, you know, for you, Colombia, for myself, Dominican Republic, wherever in the world, right? Now we're talking about sending MoneyGrams. Um, we could send XLM, but on their end, they can receive the peso um, or the money of, the, of their of their use. Um, so with XLM, they're now going retail slash P2P, which I mean, that's just amazing. That's making it easier for us to send our families money. Maybe for you and I to send each other money. If you just happen to be in another country, you're like, Jose, I ran out of cash. Like, can you help me out? It's like, all right, cool. I could send you some XLM through the MoneyGram and boom, you'll be able to have fun. So, I mean, I think that is just amazing. That's going to bring, I think, people like us, like just more together with crypto. Because again, we're not, we're not whales. At least I'm not a whale. So I think when it's like, you know, us, like that's, I feel like it's going to bring a lot of like adoption with just between like people building connections and sending each other money. I think XLM is going to be huge when it comes to that kind of adoption. I couldn't agree more as someone who has connections all over the world and you may as well too, as you move around also just the United States, sending money is I think something that we take for granted in the United States. Cause like right now, if you're like, yo, uh, if I'm like, hey, I'm coming to San Diego, let's link, let's do this, or let's go to this concert or something, probably going to Venmo you or cash app you, right? Mm-hmm. However, if I'm coming from another country and I don't have dollars and I'm coming from Colombia, for example, and my peso is super insecure, I might just send that to you in XLM. I could send that to you in ETH. You and I have multiple cryptocurrencies that we now have in common that we could just facilitate. So that's a beautiful thing. And I totally agree when you're like, you know, the average person, the P2P, the peer-to-peer is going to be able to hop on this bandwagon. And really make it work, especially as we continue to become more of a globalized world. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about globalization and the power of the U.S. dollar, I've been thinking about this all morning because I was talking to someone recently about CBDCs. And it seems to me the CBDC is like the different, like between the Jedi and the Sith. And this is a Star Wars reference for all the nerds out there, myself included. Hopefully you understand. But it's like the difference between the nerd, between the Sith and the Jedi was just the way that they understood the force. It was a good side and a bad side, a light side and a dark side. That's kind of how I see the CBDC kind of working because I feel like it could go one of two ways. But does that is that a good way for me to kind of set up the framework to ask you about CBDCs? Where do you you know where do you find yourself in that analogy? Yeah, I mean it's tough because of course I'm such a big fan of XRP and I and I truly believe XRP has so much to play in this. So of course I want it to be a winner, but I do understand like the privacy issues that folks may have like you know we all know like you know we we want a little bit of privacy and i understand that part but again i just look at it as i know this is something that's going to happen and i just i might as well play a, a role in, in in being part of the change but it's man it, it's i think it is a tough convo because a lot of people are like man i don't want someone to know where i'm spending every single dollar you know it's i get that part i truly do but for me if you're I guess just spending your money the right way, like who cares that they know you spent $300 at Stop and Shop or that you spent $500 buying something on Amazon, like who cares? Um, But again, I get that, you know, at the end of the day as humans, we do 
we do have, you know, we just enjoy our privacy. So I get that that could be a tough conversation for folks. But for me, honestly, like, I guess I'm, I'm a person that's been able to adapt a lot in my life. And, and I know the changes that are coming in this world, you know, artificial intelligence. I mean, man, solar. So, I mean, electrical vehicles, it's, it's all coming. It's all coming. We have to learn how to adapt. And I think just getting over that CBDC part is part of us adapting. Um, but I know it's, it's, it's big change coming and it's, it's going to take some time for all of us to, to accept that. But man, CBDCs, I know it's, it's a, it's a, it's a topic. It's a topic that a lot of people not not a big fan of. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough one. And if you're understanding, if you're listening and you're trying to like suss out what CBDCs are, and you haven't Googled it, central bank digital currencies, which is essentially a future where the U.S. dollar is completely digitized. So when I go in and I buy something at CVS or I buy something at the drugstore, the government, in theory, could track exactly that sale in real time. Now, the government can track that sale in real time if they want to anyways. They just tap in a visa and say, hey, he's got this credit card, and they can go to the bank, which they control through the banking system, the FDIC, and, and all that, and they can just say, you know, we need to monitor this person's activity. But what it would allow them to do is monitor anyone's activity in real time, not without having to, you know, without having to do much. So that's a, it's an interesting horizon because it's already happening in parts of the world like China, where then you have this kind of you know, you have to play with the party line or all of a sudden we're going to cut off your wallet. And that's a very interesting future. That kind of goes with the Jedi Sith thing I was talking about. We spoke on DM and one of the things we were speaking about is like low cap gems, you know, things that are underrated under the people aren't maybe focusing on. So I wanted to get your take on what's something that you hold currently that you're going to invest more in because you just think it's going to, you know, have a really good use case, good utility and appreciate into the future. And what's something that you don't own that's not in your bag yet that you're like really excited and you're just waiting for a price point? So one that I don't, I'm going to start with one that I don't have. One that I don't have, and I did jot it down in my notes here, is VRA. And it stands for Veracity. Veracity is on the Ethereum blockchain and it's part of like a ad fraud like it, it supports with ad fraud. And I guess the term of it is proof of view. I know for all of us, we're used to hearing like proof of work, proof of stake. VRA is actually part of a proof of view. That's like the, the, the word to it, the background to it, proof of view. And it's a, just a really cool gem that I got put on by a good buddy of mine who's been in crypto since 2017. And again, that I met through the community. Shout out to the crypto nerds. And yeah, it's just a cool little token there, VRA, Veracity, that I don't hold it, um, but I did some research on it. I think it's really cool. I think it has tons of potential. It has a lot of great um, partnerships. But then more importantly, what I've noticed is it has a great community behind it. I think sometimes with projects and tokens, it's really great to see just great communities behind it um, and just seeing like the push and, 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 and the backing and just like the belief behind it. Um, and that's what I saw with Veracity, like the community behind it, it's amazing. And they're definitely just getting started. I mean, right now, I think it might be like maybe two cents. Let me look at it to confirm. It's three, 30, it's three tenths of a cent. Three tenths of a cent. Look at that. I mean, super cheap, super cheap. I would say this is a great opportunity, not financial advice, but I mean, anything under a penny in my view is, is a great it's a great buy. <laughs> so to give people some context, as Jose is telling me, this is what I do. I open up my crypto app 
and I find it and I star it because I star anything that anyone says, hey, take a look at. And now it's in my Dior. Once again, not high fashion. This is my Dior research bucket, which I'll go look at later. And one of the things I like, three things I like, one of them is that it has a finite amount of coins. I love when there's a max amount. I just think that you're getting closer to scarcity at that point. The other thing I like is that, well, I normally only invest in anything that's 200 or higher. This on my app is number 463. Now, if you go to coin market cap, maybe it's 460 or 465, but we're in a range. It's above 400. But the thing that's really interesting is that it is way, way, way down. So at one point, there was almost close to, oof, I'm doing math in my head, mental math, uh, close to maybe a billion dollars in this thing and maybe a 900 million, and it's down to 40 million. So it's definitely got some legs. And this is where I, I rarely talk about this. I've talked about this with Grant from Not Crypto Bros on here, but like, this is where we're going to get, in, we're getting into moon bag season. And mm-hmm. moon bag season is where you just take $30 and you buy some veracity with $30. And then you put it in a wallet and you forget you have it. And it's only $30. So your risk is pretty low, but the reward could be exceedingly high. So this may play a part now, veracity of my, of my moon bag. But can you talk more about the views? Because that to me is interesting. Is this kind of like you're getting paid? Is this a pay to watch, a pay to learn? How does this play? In, like, where's the utility that, that you're excited about? So for me, what it, the reason why I was excited about was the uh, the staking. You can look it up as well when you get the chance. Vera Wallet, VeraWallet.tv, I believe, is the website I'm on right now, and the uh, staking is just it's it was just such a great staking reward um that i was like i just jumped on it and then i i went and looked around on linkedin i you know what it is for me too i love seeing when i find crypto projects that have a linkedin page i just I like that i'm gonna add that thank you it just yeah i think for me it just shows a lot of professionalism which i already know all right that's this is not a scam like these people look very professional on linkedin like it's legit and it's on the Ethereum blockchain. Like at the end of the day, we know Ethereum is a winner and it's always going to be a winner. And I think, you know, running on the Ethereum blockchain, the staking rewards, uh, the proof of view. Let me see if I could even find what I saw of it last time. I mean, I don't hold any, but I definitely want to get some. <laughs> Do you have any idea how you get some? Bitru and KuCoin. Okay. I haven't set up a KuCoin account because I try not to dabble in moon bags. But if Grant's listening to this, my buddy from Not Crypto Bros, he lives on KuCoin and he finds these, quote, low cap gems that are going to take him to the moon and back. And Veracity could, it could be one. I'm excited to look into this. While you look up some of that stuff from Veracity, can I pick your brain on one that you have that you think is going to go? Because I think it might be Algorand. But if it's not Algorand, I want to know which one it is. So I love Algorand as well, um, but even more of a low key one that I don't think a lot of people... Man, it's kind of tough because I kind of I'm just gonna mention two low key ones because why not? Um, <laughs> that's how much of a fan I am. So XDC, which is named Zinfin, XDC is also part of ISO. It is part of trade financing. Okay, here we go. Now we're speaking my language. This is sub two hundred. There is a max supply, I believe, from what I can see, and it's down. A good amount. Okay, this is interesting. And if it's on the ISO 222 network or part of that new yep. regulation, I'm very bullish because most things on that, I, I, you know, ADA, Cardano, I understand. XLM, yep. XRP, I've owned. I still own some. 
I understand. But XDC, please speak more on XDC. This is this is some this is some Jose Alpha right here. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so th- these guys are based out of Singapore, right? So it is enterprise ready open source hybrid blockchain protocol. And so this is a way of bringing it's combining the best of both private and public blockchains together. And this is going to help scale on the enterprise level. So I again bi- talking business, right? Talking B2B world. Enterprise levels is humongous companies like like Lyft, right? We are our friend Luis Maya who got it, uh, who connected us, right? Lyft enterprise size company, right? Humongous companies. And so they're going to combine private and public blockchains for these enterprise level companies. Again, just bringing adoption at a level, at a high scale level. I mean, company sizes of 5,000 plus people, that's just going to bring humongous adoption when um, using this, right? And so what's some of the use cases as well with this one? I mean, it's, you can't go wrong with this. Hold on. This is, and you're talking about XTC? Yes. Okay. So the coolest thing about XTC for everyone listening is that on that ISO list, how many are there? I think there's five cryptocurrencies like, named. There's, there might be like four or five that are actually like in, in, but then there's like three on the list that are not officially in, but they're very close to being in. Is this, which list is that on? So this one is, this is on board. Like they're fully okay. on board. So the, the main two XRP and XLM, they're the main bodies of ISO, XRP and XLM. Then the other ones are XDC, IOTA, and who's the other one? It's one more. Is it Cardano now? Uh, mm, I think Cardano's on, Cardano, HBAR, and Quant might be on the, the way. They're on the waiting to get in. Okay, so the coolest thing is that this is the, this is on the list. It's already in. IOTA, HLM, XRP, and the one we can't remember, at least those three, IOTA, XLM, and XRP are already on the list. This XDC is at number 98. Those other three are in the top 40. So this is a low cap gem that is still very under the radar. And it's at trading around three cents right now. But I think at the depths of the bear market, which we're going to see in the next nine months, I do think this is going to go down to a cent and a half, at which point it is a phenomenal buying opportunity if it is part of the ISO 222, which you're saying it is. So this is, and I know you already have your Twitter set up, but I don't know, maybe at Jose Alpha could be a new one where you just drop, drop this, drop this knowledge. Are you looking up stuff for veracity at this point? Yes. So I just want to answer, I do have the veracity pulled up, but I just want to make sure I answer this for you guys. So yeah. So right here, two cryptocurrencies that are not just complying with ISO, they are members of ISO standard body which is Ripple, XRP, Stellar Lumens, XLM, right? And so then after it says other cryptos are compliant include XDC, IOTA, and Algorand. So Algorand is the other one. Right. Okay. So Algorand, IOTA, XRP, and XLM are all top 50. They're all very known. I own, I think all of those or have owned all of those at one point. This XDC, I've not even heard of to today. And so I am, this is on the Dior list. This is big time Dior for me later, because I think this is going to be something because if it's already on that list, it's already got co-signed. This is like coming across a hip hop artist that's co-signed by like Dre Kendrick and you know, the entire, you know, top dog entertainment, but I've never heard of. So this is really, really exciting to put it in hip hop terms. I, I know I'm going all over the place with the star Wars analogies and hip hop, but that's where we are. So you've XDC and mm-hmm. veracity, 
what's the are you and then one more i gotta mention it because it's exactly yeah please Um, so and it's also on it's on the waiting list so it so this list right here includes h bar hedera hashgraph quant and cardano ada so hedera hashgraph h bar was my other one that i wanted to mention to those of you listening please do your research on hedera hashgraph h bar it is what they call the next generation of blockchain uh, let me bring up real quick. I had the mem- the partnerships on my phone right here. They have already amazing partnerships with Google and IBM. Now, I don't know about you guys out there, but I know anything that's connected to Google and IBM is going to do big things. They are just getting started. HBAR only started, I think, 2017, 2018. They're just getting started. They'll be competing with Ethereum. And yeah, definitely do your research on HBAR, Hedera Hashgraph. That's, they're on the waiting list to be ISO approved. They already got amazing partnerships, Google, IBM. I mean, more. there's so much more. I, I don't even know them off the top of my head. In this video, I want to try to share with you the video after the uh, call later, this Hedera Hashgraph video I watched before. I mean, just exciting stuff. The next generation of blockchain. It's called Hash, right? So it's like Hash, Hash Blocks. It's, it's some stuff that you got to do some deep diving into. Okay. <laughs> I will take this video. If you're listening, I'm going to put this in the comment section. For, you know, if you listen to this, go find the show notes and you're going to be able to click on these links. So, okay. In review, you have, and once again, let me just go back to my, my, my wish list here, as I call it, my, my Dior list. You have the things you've just talked about that I have not known before this call. And this is why I love crypto and I love connecting with people is XDC, VRA, which is veracity. Mm-hmm. And then also the Hedera. Hedera is already on my list. HBAR has been on my list for a while. I watched a video that I think Corn Bureau did a while ago, and I was like, okay. So we talked about Algorand as well. For you and Algorand, what is it about Algorand that you like? I honestly, I think it's because I used to work in fintech for a little bit. And I think that's why I, I've invested a lot into the fintech side of crypto, which is Algo, XLM, XRP, XDC. I, I like the fintech world. I've had my experience working in fintech. And so that is something that drove me to focus on them. And then once I also saw, oh my God, they're ISO compliant. They're on the list. They're helping, again, changing the financial world. With them, what was interesting with Algo is they're combining traditional, I believe it's traditional and decentralized. I put it in my notes here. Give me one second. Yep. Yep. So Algorand is connecting traditional and decentralized models into a unified system. And so that's pretty interesting. Combining the world that we use today with the world that we're going to use into a unified system, um, that just sounds powerful to me. And another thing, as a New England person, they're HQ'd out of Boston, so why not support them? This has been absolutely phenomenal. And I feel like, and I was telling you earlier, like I have all these great guests and now you're part of that, which is beautiful. There's so much that changes. So even in a month, we could hop back on and talk. I want to give you the time, however, to shout out where people can find you. Uh, you know, you're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Instagram. Where should people, if they like, want to reach out and learn more and just connect with you? Because you're a dude who is from the East Coast, but now you're living on the West Coast. Uh, you know, bunch of different communities. Where can people find you? So yeah, Instagram, Twitter, definitely top two, and both names are the same. At Papichardo. P-A-P-I-C-H-A-R-D-O at Papichardo. Um, my real, you know, real name Jose. The, you know, you call me Jose, call me Papichardo. It's all good. 
I've had plenty of nicknames growing up. People used to call me Poppy, you know, back in my baseball days. So, yeah, all, all good. So you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and and please do reach out. Like I mentioned earlier, it's amazing and, and just great to connect with folks like um, Jared because, again, you may have a lot of interest in this and the people that you hang around with or the people that you're close to just don't. And and that's okay. It's okay that your family members or your friends are not interested in this. I mean, it, this is different. This is a whole different space. Um, but if you are interested, I would suggest to put yourself around folks that also are. It's going to help your journey and, and it's going to, you know, keep that energy up in times like now, like the bear market, right? You, a lot of people lose hope during the bear market. You lose that you lose that hunger of wanting to continue to invest. You just, you know, it's it's hard times. Um, so it's it helps when you're around people who are invested in this because we just keep keep each other's energy up, especially during the bear market. Um, so yeah, definitely reach out to me. Love to help anyone in any capacity that I can. Thanks so much for saying all that. And you said something really, really important there that people can call you, you know, like back in the baseball, it was like Papi Chardo or, you know, Papi, or they can call you Jose or whatever. Which is really good because when we started this, you asked me, you know, should I call you Javi or Jarrett? And the reality of it is more than blockchain world knows me as Jarrett, but a lot of my international development world knows me as Javi. And that's how we know each other through Luz Maya. So it's all about context. It's almost like code switching my name. So that's where we are. Papi Chardo, Jose, thank you so much for joining. I look forward to keeping in touch and continuing to talk about low cap gems. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you and everyone else listening. Have a great one. Thanks for checking out this episode and be sure to find Jose on Instagram and Twitter at Poppychardo. And if you're interested to watch the videos Jose mentioned in this episode, I'll leave links in this episode's show notes. As always, please follow us on social media at More Than Blockchain and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, consider dropping the episode's link to a friend, family member, or colleague via DM, text, or email. Thanks again for checking out More Than Blockchain and I'll see you next time.